This is the Rich Eisen Show. Cocaine bear. Saw it. Survived it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I don't want to spoil anything. If you like gore, you like seeing people in bad spots get mauled by a cocaine bear, (laughs) this bear loves cocaine. (laughs) Today's guests, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst, Michigan State head basketball coach Tom Izzo, plus your phone calls and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. It's time for another edition of the Rich Eisen Show here live on the Roku channel. And for those uh, watching on the Roku channel, you could see what I'm about to describe to uh, to the radio audience. Uh, I've got a new fresh cut, and it looks great, and I feel good about it. <laughs> and um, and so, uh, hey, radio audience, if you want to see the fresh cut, uh, check out the Roku channel. Um, we're live here on this terrestrial radio affiliate. We're live on Sirius XM and Odyssey. We are flat out getting ready for a combine next week. That's, I guess, the royal we. Um, that is, uh, um, that's me. I'm getting ready for a combine next week. I already got that on my brain right here. Um, and uh, we've got ourselves a, a, a great guest list again on this program as the NBA season resumes tonight. We're back. Yes, we are. After an all-star break that lasted, uh, almost, I, I think the entire uh, I think the entire league went on uh, load management uh, for for about uh, a week. So they're back tonight. The NBA returns this evening. Uh, Brian Windhorst will be joining us shortly here on the program to get us all up to speed on what's going on in the association. Uh, one of my favorite humans on the planet, Tom Izzo, is going to be calling in in hour number two. Michigan State Spartan head coach. His team uh, came out with the dub um, uh, two nights ago in their first home game since the horrific shooting on campus in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, and Tom Izzo is going to be joining us in the middle of hour number two. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial to have a conversation with us here on this program. Once again, we are uh, live on the Roku channel, free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs. We're live uh, also for free on Amazon Fire TV. The Roku app has the Roku channel in it, therokuchannel.com. We say hello to our podcast listeners listening to our three-hour version of our show every single day, chopped up one hour at a time thanks to the Cumulus Podcast Network. That's how you can follow us. Eric Bieniemy has been introduced as the commander's offensive coordinator. And again, perfect time to do it. Uh, uh, Thursday before the combine, it's being uh, it's being covered by three networks like it, it's the State of the Union address. So it's a perfect time uh, right now. If you want to make news in the NFL, now's the time to do it. Uh, the Broncos have hired a new defensive coordinator. It's their old head coach, Vance Joseph. How about them apples? Um, so uh, Rex Ryan will still be on ESPN. And Matt Patricia is still going to have his pencil behind his ear, I guess, for the New England Patriots. Um, they uh, uh, Sean Payton is hiring one of his predecessors. Uh, his predecessor once removed, um, and that's uh, always fascinating uh, subject matter right there. So eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. How are you, Chris Brockman? Good to see you over there. Hey, Rich. I'm good. It's uh, you know we're bracing for the Arctic blast. I know that's that. Coming through. I know that. DJ Mikey D. How are you, sir? I'm good, Rich. And TJ Jefferson, light the candle. How are you, TJ? I'm fantastic. How Excellent. you guys doing? Excellent. Uh, and and this is, I think is a sign of the times. Here we are. Um, NBA resumes tonight. Yep. And football. We are now uh, going to soon to be two weekends removed from the final football game of the season. 
And the combine's right around the corner. So thus, uh, when uh, um, a quarterback of note emerges from his darkness therapy, it's the top story on uh, the the news stack on (laughs) ESPN.com. Aaron Rodgers out of the darkness. Hello, darkness. Out of the darkness. He is. uh, is, And and by the way, uh, I, I guess the guy who runs the Oregon facility where... Aaron Rodgers went into his therapy, doesn't want Aaron back because he's confirmed, yeah, Aaron just left here Wednesday. So, isn't that a little chatty? Or you, you, where you talk about who you're... Who you're uh, How'd they find out where he was going? I don't know. I mean, great job by ESPN. ESPN, yeah. You can't sit in the darkness if you're somebody who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and uh, multiple MVP and uh, your decision whether to play or not affects, what would you say? About a third of the league. <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. So yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers <laughs> has emerged, emerged from his darkness retreat, according to ESPN, that happened on Wednesday. He is out. So everybody be careful what you say about him. He now hears it. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess the way they described it, um, according to the, uh, the man who runs the facility, Sky Cave Retreats. Let's give him a little shout out. Sky, Scott little sky Cave. Little Sky Cave Retreat. Any relation to Chris? I'm I don't wondering. know. Do you, do, you, do you give it a Yelp? Are they on Yelp? I don't know. <laughs> um, hold on, let's, hold on. I, I don't know. Rogers might give it zero stars because the guy's chatty about him, and you know he doesn't like people talking about him. It's a, he was in a 300-square-foot room, um, a, a partially underground structure. What does that Whoa. mean? Well, you mean? know, like like houses, you know, from oh. the 70s and 80s, maybe like half of it. You know how, like, you'd have that bottom floor that was kind of half in the ground? Well, there you go. Uh, partially underground structure devoid of light. Queen bed. Okay. Queen bed. Not bad. Um, a bathroom. Oh, that's good to know. Bathroom. Yep. Yeah, and see. a meditation-like mat. What does that mean? Just probably yoga mat. Got it. Fully powered, the lights can be turned on from inside the room. So you can just say, screw this darkness thing. Hey, yeah, well, I'm going to flip it on. I'm going to sit on this mat. Uh, I'm going to do a crossword puzzle. I, don't, I have no idea. I would be so out of my friggin' mind. I couldn't even think about doing this. All right, so I'm on their I, site I, right now. I, honestly, I'd be thinking, like, is Del Tufo going to be at work today or not? Ooh, one of the you rooms know, has a stop bathtub. thinking about it. I, mean, Rich? I don't know, but Mike, you weren't here yesterday. Now you're here today. Are you here tomorrow? Uh, nope, you're out. Good enough. It's the end of college basketball. Then I'll be uh, I had no idea. End of college basketball. Who knew? Um, oh, it's all good. So that's the sort of stuff I'd be sitting there on my meditation like mat in my half, uh, my half house. I'd be asleep. Um, look, brother. They have a bathtub. You can take a bath. It's time. We got to know. We got to know. Uh, the Combine's next week. Gutekunst is going to be talking, or at least he'll be available to talk, or at least he'll be walking around the building. You're going to see LaFleur there. I mean, it's it's... So they could technically go there and say, we're still waiting. Still waiting. New league year begins in two and a half weeks. I do believe it is maybe even three weeks from today. Just thinking about it off the top of my head, because I'll be doing uh, the Monday show on NFL Network of that week on the 13th, Monday the 13th. Mark your calendars. I'll be sitting there. Open the uh, as the don't call it tampering window opens up. I mean, that's how quickly these decisions are going to have to get made. The negotiation pyramid. Uh, sir, thank you for that. I, I should get ready yeah, for, yeah. for that conversation uh, to be um, had with me. Hey, Rich, don't call it tampering, tampering window. window. Negotiating pyramid. Look, 
they can't believe the Jets are waiting for a guy to come out of the darkness because for 53 years, that's where I've been living with this team. So <laughs> uh, if, if they think Derek Carr is a first ballot Hall of Famer and have told him that, well, we think you're first ballot Hall of Famer, but can you wait because the owner wants Aaron Rodgers? That's the word on the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I guess Woody wants to take a big swing. I guess I guess the Favre uh, attempt didn't leave enough of an emotional scar. I was there that night when the San Diego Chargers whipped Brett Favre and the Jets on Monday Night Football. And um, uh, that was in Woody Johnson's suite where he kindly uh, welcomed me into it. And I slunk out of there without uh, saying a word because it was a brutal night. So we wait. Because if Rodgers says he's going back to Green Bay, that means it's a green light for the Jets to sign whoever else they want. And if they want to get make a big swing, do they call the Baltimore Ravens? That's what Peter King said. The Jets don't get Rodgers. It's Lamar Jackson time, potentially. And if you do that, you're willing to give up first-round picks? Because that's what it would take. Because the Ravens will just place the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, meaning... You can sign him to a contract, uh, and if they don't match, you have to give them two first-round selections. So that's where the negotiations would begin. We'll give you up a one this year and a one next for Lamar. Is that the guy you want? Or do you just get Derek Carr for nothing? Or you wait for Jimmy G for nothing? Because the Jets make that move, then what do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do? What do the New Orleans Saints do? What do the Indianapolis Colts and the Texans do for a veteran for their rookie quarterback who we're assuming they're going to go get. What do the Washington Commanders do? We'll see if Eric Bieniemy, uh, who just stepped down from a podium, said anything about Sam Howell. What do the Seattle Seahawks do? Is Geno Smith going to sign there or not? How about Brock Purdy having his elbow surgery delayed this week because it's still too inflamed? Yeah, that was wild. How about that one? What if Purdy doesn't get surgery until later next month and that delays him into the season? And what if Lance suffers a setback? Do we see a scenario where Jimmy G just stays there? Why not? What are the Rams doing? We haven't heard a single thing about Stafford. Stafford. And Baker Mayfield's sitting there. Baker Mayfield is a hell of a quarterback to give a shot to and see what's going on right there. What do the Carolina Panthers do with their quarterback situation? What are the Raiders going to do with their quarterback situation? Is that a Jimmy G spot? Could that be an Aaron Rodgers spot? If Aaron Rodgers has emerged from, uh, what are you going here, the Sky Cave? Sky Cave Retreats. Sky Cave Retreats with a clear hot eye and a full heart. He wants to leave Green Bay. I believe Aaron's going to stay put, and I believe all these other places are going to have to figure out what their quarterback situations are. And it starts right now. Because Rodgers is out. If you're Green Bay, do you call him? Uh, Or do you wait? Wait for him to call you? Yes. Don't think you can. Is it like when you meet someone at the bar and you got to wait two days to, to make contact? Yeah. I mean, do you, do, you, do you call him like 
Like you call Nikki from uh, Swingers. Pop, hey, are we popping a you up text? Is he eight one eight or is he three one zero? That that that's a big deal. Means a lot. Big deal. <laughs> Good Swingers reference, gents. <laughs> the, t- oh, the team can't wait I, for him, right? They can't wait because they're trying to figure out. They can wait. They can wait a, right another week. Can they? Of course the they Jet, can. The Jets can't really wait. Well, I, I no, keep no, loves there. So, the Jets yeah. can wait too because Derek Carr apparently isn't saying you know sign me now. I don't get it. I mean, I guess you could make all these tours or whatever if you're Derek Carr. Don't you say, sign me now? Yes. Wouldn't you force the Jets to sign him? Like, if you love the Jets and the Jets love you and you don't want to act, actually go on a free agency tour? Give him a deadline. Right. And and find out. And if the answer is like, yeah, we're, we're waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers right. says. See ya. Adios. I'm nobody's plan B. I'm out of here. It's the way I would handle it. Correct. Are missing any other teams here? How about, how about this one? Saints, Panthers, no, no. you know, Buc- Chicago Bears. Uh, Is Justin Fields going to be made available at some point? That's the one part about the Jets. The scenario. That, There's yeah. the, that's the one part about this scenario that I saw coming. That's really interesting is when would the Bears cut bait on Justin Fields and wouldn't it have to be done right around now because teams are making their plans at quarterback? Or is it right after? Let me put a pin in that. I want to talk about that a little bit later. Brian Winhorst is going to be joining us shortly as soon as he puts his microphone down on the worldwide leader in sports. He's in Phoenix where the Suns are getting set to start their second half of the season. And it starts tomorrow night. They're one of those teams that do not play tonight. They get one more day. <laughs> Just one more day. You know? Like, how is everybody not playing? Tonight? They get one more day. <laughs> well, they played they play the final Thursday. They played the final game of the first half, oh, if you remember. True. That's true. They played the final game of that first half against the Clippers, who start tomorrow night against the Kings, I know, because I'm taking Coop and some friends to that game for his birthday. But Durant, we'll see when he's coming back. I believe Winhorst mentioned it possibly could be this weekend. Sham says it's March 1st. So that's what Durant is is uh, planning. That's a big return. And one would think that that's that's all she wrote for the West. Maybe. Think about you're a Suns fan. This trade was made on the 9th. It's on the 23rd. You've just, you want to see KD out there so bad. These two weeks must seem like a month. To a Suns fan. Well, I guess you got to wait to see what his knee is, right? Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, it's he can like still you, win games. It's like when you're a kid at Christmas, you know it's in that box, you know it's wrapped up, but you know you can't touch it, you know, for another week until Christmas happens. That's Correct. how I feel as a Suns fan. And man. then we'll also see what happens with uh, your clips when yeah. Russell Westbrook makes his crypto.com return tomorrow I got a good night. Feeling, Rich. I got a good feeling. What's his role going to be? Is he going to finish games? See that I don't know. You know who's been finishing games for your clip for your clips lately is Batum. Oh, Batum. Oh, Batum is great. Has bro. been he he has been closing. He's been on the on the floor because, as you know, I'm always focused on who are your closers. Yeah. As much as who your starters are, because Russell Westbrook was a closer for the Lakers. Yeah. And I wondered, does this impact his Sixth Man of the Year award? Um, has a six man of the year award winner ever been traded in the middle of the season or cut? <laughs> oh, how about this? Traded, bought out. 
and then hired again. Right. Is that I, I don't know if that's, that's ever happened before. He didn't have to move. Correct. Then he probably never showed up a single day in Utah. No. Yeah. Right. Think about it. He didn't have to leave his house. Right. Same kind of route to get to practice and work every day. Right. You know. So, at any rate, um, you you uh, you look at the the way that the West is all lined up, and you think this is uh, the Suns' conference to win mm. right now, when you've got Booker, Paul. Aiton, Durant, and a coach who can put it all together, man. Stacked. Let's take a break. I can't wait. Everyone knows it's windy. <laughs> He's coming up next. Brian Windhorst from the Worldwide Leader in Sports right here. Tom Izzo also still to come. And there's you at 844-204-RICH. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. The Rich Eisen Show radio network is back with our live Roku stream. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Thrilled to have back here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's been a minute. Uh, the NBA second half, in air quotes, of the season returns tonight. I love watching him on ESPN talk uh, basketball, and I love when he comes in here and uh, chops it up with us. Brian Winhorst of the Worldwide Leader in Sports back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Rich. I'm in Phoenix. I was told this was the place to be, but I got here and you're gone. I know. <laughs> I know. But it's also the place. Uh, we were there, Brian. Uh, it happened the Thursday of Super Bowl week when the trade deadline went nutty. Um, and, and Durant 
shows up in Phoenix and people there are flipping out about it and can't wait. When, when do we see him, do you think, for the Suns? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so the Suns are at about an hour from now. We're going to go through their first practice post All Star. They were the last team to finish the first, uh, the, the, you know, at the end of the all, at the end of the, the first half is kind of laughable. There's only 20 games left, but, um, so they get the benefit of not having to start until Friday. So they're having their first practice after All-Star weekend today. But Rich, I don't think Durant's going to be ready to go by tomorrow. He wants to do some live contact because he hasn't played, you know, full five on five in six weeks. He wants to do some live contact and see how his knee responds to that. So, they haven't announced he's not going to play tomorrow for all you uh, folks who may place a wager, but I would um, <laughs> not bet on it, nor would I um, buy a ticket for tomorrow's game if you were thinking about seeing Durant. They do play Sunday in Milwaukee, and as much as my executive uh, friends at ESPN would love to see him debut in that ABC game against the Bucks, there's a chance that that's going to be no Durant, no Giannis. Oh. And that uh, I think the I think it's most likely, although Milwaukee isn't ruled out, it's most likely next Wednesday uh, in Charlotte against the Wobegon Hornets, <laughs> which is a much more comfortable first opponent than the Bucks, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean the Wobegon Hornets is a great way to put it because the the Hornets were one of those teams that was a seller on trade deadline and just. You know, which team do you think improved itself the most? Let's let's remove Durant from the equation because clearly, well, <laughs> you know, that is one I was say, as well. The team I'm with. <laughs> give, me, give me one that we're yeah. not talking about that you think, you know what, they really did a great job. Give me that one. So the Clippers, for what the Clippers traded, for what they got back, um, I thought they upgraded nicely. Then they took this Westbrook gamble, which – I've really been thinking about it ever since Monday when it came down, trying to wear it. And I think I'm kind of in the same boat that the Clippers were because I think they weren't 100% on board from a front office standpoint at the start. Paul George is probably the biggest Russell Westbrook fan in the NBA, and he lobbied publicly and privately the Clippers to to make that uh, move. And so – they had just really started playing their best basketball of the season. They made some nice additions um, at the uh, at the at the deadline, and Kawhi Leonard is playing the best basketball he has since he tore his ACL in the playoffs two years ago. And so they do that. So they're a team that I just like where they were as a team. And now I'm not sure the Westbrook thing. And the other team I'll mention is the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies have lost, um, I think they hit the hit the uh, break having lost, uh, I think, nine of their last 13 games. They lost position in the Western Conference. Denver now has a five-game lead, I think, for the number one seed. And one of the reasons they've really struggled this year is they've been just dreadful shooting the ball. They've got Desmond Bain, and that's about it. So they went out and traded for Luke Kennard. And you wouldn't say that Luke Kennard – is a difference-making player, but he's one of the top. He was the number one three-point shooter in the NBA last year. I think he's in the top three again this year. And so to have him as an option, adding him to that roster, um, that you know you you have the ability to add one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He could make a nice difference for them for a team that was already pretty competitive when they were healthy. So let's return to the Westbrook um, su- subject matter, uh, Brian Windhorst, for a moment. What's your concern? I mean, because uh, if it wouldn't Ty Lue be one of the guys who could tell, you know, PG-13, I know you liked him, but 
it just doesn't fit and he's sitting on the bench and he could pull that off if it doesn't work or how would it not work with i guess how would you how do you envision this looking yeah so i mean ty obviously was for it otherwise he wouldn't be on the roster right um so um but i think you know the the clippers play a style where they don't have a true point guard in fact, they traded away two of their point guards at the deadline, Reggie Jackson and John Wall, although Wall was out and not and was injured and not playing. Um, and they basically made Terrence Mann, who was a point guard, but also kind of a combo guard. And they traded for Eric Gordon, which is one of the moves I really like the Clippers did. And he handles the ball. In fact, in their last game before the break, Eric Gordon led them in assists. And also Paul George handles the ball. Kawhi Leonard can handle the ball. So they kind of had a team that was designed to have multiple different players um, sort of run their offense. And like I said, Rich, it was working. I mean, they've been, they really have played their best basketball in the last 10 games. And that's mostly because Kawhi has looked good, to be clear. Um, and so, you know, they needed a point guard, which is why they did this move for Westbrook. But they also didn't need a point guard. And, you know, Terrence Mann played arguably the best game of the season, of his season, the last game as as a starter, a point guard. Mm -hmm. And he went went away on his break and came back and found out that he maybe had been replaced. So I'm not saying that Terrence Mann is going to swing the the balance of power in the Western Conference, but it was just a a move that carries some risk. And so the the thing that that, uh, Lawrence Frank, their team president, said yesterday when he talked about the signing for the first time, and he used two varies. He said they were very, very honest with Westbrook about what the role they expect is. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to take that to heart, but I could also see a situation where Westbrook starts. And so my question is, like, if you bring in Westbrook, do you bring him in and start him? And if you do and then it doesn't work out, now what do you do? Because you're already putting him in a position that was a problem with the Lakers. And if you bring Westbrook in and don't start him, and you bring him off the bench, is he going to be okay with that? He was okay with it under the, with the Lakers, but is he going to be okay with it with the Clippers? And here's the big thing, I think, on the Westbrook front. No matter what happens, you have to understand. Mm-hmm. With the Lakers, they traded three quality players. You know, Kyle Kuzma, who's an excellent player. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, very important part of the team that that won the the, the title for the Lakers. And a first-round draft pick, and they were paying Westbrook $47 million. So he was clogging their cap. It was one of the reasons why they couldn't really afford to, to, to balance out the team. That's what the Lakers had. That's what the skin in the game the Lakers had. The Clippers are paying him a few hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the season. And if it doesn't work out, they can theoretically just cut him. So that difference is very important when you think about how to frame the way Westbrook played for the Lakers and the way he's going to potentially play for the Clippers. And if he does start, would he be the first potential sixth man of the year award winner to get (laughs) traded, then uh, bought out, then uh, signed, and then start the final 20 games of the year? Has that ever happened? With all due due respect, Mm -hmm. there was never a chance he was winning sixth man of the year. Mm. And... It's one of those things where, I mean, the Lakers were in 13th place. And one of the reasons they were in 13th place is because Westbrook, not every night, there were nights where he definitely helped them win, but there was a lot of nights where he was a big reason why they lost. And it's just an example of why I would tell people never, ever, ever bet anything on the Lakers. Because even if you win the bet, the price that you will get is going to be so bad 
that you could probably put your money elsewhere because the sports books take advantage of the Laker fans' willingness to bet crazily on their team. So the reason that Westbrook was the number one in, in sixth man of the year was because crazy Laker fans were under the impression that a player like who was playing like that on a 13th place team would win that award. Brian, I, I, love, I just love the way you talk, man. Brian Winhorst here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk LeBron a little bit here. Waking up uh, on this uh, first day of the quote-unquote second half of the season, getting set to take on the Warriors tonight in the uh, in the, the, the night, uh, the late game on, on Turner here on this rainy, chilly day in Los Angeles. What is he thinking? What's going through his mind today, do you think? Well, Brian? so there's, there's kind of two types of LeBron James. There's LeBron, and then there's LeBron who believes in his team. Okay. And we've seen this occasionally. It happened in Cleveland. His last year in Cleveland, he had kind of got, I don't know if he'd agree with this verb, he kind of got a little disillusioned with where the team was. He was kind of, I mean, he played 82 games that year, so I'm not, you know, I'm not implying that he wasn't invested, but like he went on kind of like this sort of headspace departure and trying to be kind. And then they traded Isaiah Thomas and a bunch of other players, and all of a sudden, the LeBron James who came back and played down the stretch that season was as good as he's ever been. And the Cavs, you know, privately said, yeah, we traded for um, Rodney Hood and Larry Nance, but what we also traded for was prime, you know, fully engaged LeBron. So when LeBron came out at All-Star Weekend and basically said he believes in this team and that these are the... 23 of the most important games of his career, which I don't think is true, but the fact that he said that leads me to believe that LeBron that you're going to see, not that he wasn't fully engaged, but there were a couple of times with this Lakers team in the last few years where he knew they weren't making the playoffs, and he either shut it down to deal with an injury or you could tell his foot wasn't fully on the gas. I think you're going to see a full, a full foot on the gas, LeBron James, starting tonight. And look, he's, he's dealing with some injuries. He's been dealing with a sore foot. He's been dealing with a sore knee. He's 38 years old. I'm not saying you're going to see the LeBron from the Miami days, but I think you're going to see LeBron going full bore. And I think he is trying to get his teammates, he's trying to set the tone for his teammates to do the same, particularly Anthony Davis. Because when Anthony Davis was playing well in December, the Lakers were a good team. They were a playoff-quality team. Um, and I believe, Rich, this roster that they have, if you look at this roster now, one through seven, it's a roster that is a playoff roster. But what's happened with the Lakers is that they started this season two and ten because the roster design at the start of the year was atrocious. And Westbrook in the starting lineup was a terrible, dramatic decision. They finally got Westbrook out of the starting lineup. They finally started to find a little bit of their footing. And then Anthony Davis dealt with an injury, and then LeBron dealt with an injury. But this is a roster that should be in the top six. And most years, if you were talking to me in the last, and you know, the last week of February about a team in 13th place making the playoffs, I'd have said, Rich, I can't believe we're talking about this right now. But I can't, I can look you in the eye and tell you, with the way the West is bunched up, with some of the moves that the team in front of the teams in front of them have made, which are kind of quasi-tanking maneuvers, and with some injuries in front of them, including to Zion Williamson, who just re-injured his hamstring and mm. now is facing maybe missing most of the rest of the regular season, like th- th- it can be done. They can get into. I mean, Darvin Ham said he thinks they can get into sixth place. That's a that would be a hell of an accomplishment to pass six teams in you know six weeks, but. They can definitely get to the play-in, and you get to the play-in, uh, you know, you could have you have a shot with LeBron James on your roster. 
And then the Warriors, the world champs, are in town uh, to take on LeBron and the Lakers uh, tonight. What, what's going through Steve Kerr's mind, you think, this morning? So it's been a very frustrating season for them, and they've basically been a 500 team for four months. Uh, their defense has been really, really down from where it was last year, and particularly where they were when they were going on their real dynastic run when they were top three defense uh, year after year. They've been in the bottom ten for most of the year. It's, it's driven Kerr crazy. And, of course, you've got uh, the two different injuries to Steph Curry, the injury to Andrew Wiggins, which really uh, derailed them a little bit. And then Clay Thompson didn't start the year real well. And so all of those come together. you got a 500 team. Now, most of the time, I would tell you that if a team is 500 after 60 games, they're a 500 team. <laughs> if you, you know, your, your record is what, they, what you say it is. However, when the, the Warriors have had their starting lineup together uh, this season, which has only been for about 300 minutes, which is minute at this point of the year. But when those guys who were basically on the floor together at the end of the year last year were are together, they outscore the opposition by 20 points per 100 possessions. In other words, they are absolutely the most devastating five-man lineup in the NBA. So the, the Warriors can, again, look you in the eye and say, if these five dudes are together and playing and healthy, when you get to the postseason – they are very difficult to stop. And you would say, well, my God, they might be a play-in team. And I would say, yeah, but they have won a record, at least one road playoff game in 27 consecutive playoff series. 27, which is the all-time record. So you're not going to look at them and say, boy, I don't think they can win on the road. So if they're all healthy, particularly Steph, by mid-April, I am, again, talking about a team and whatever. They're in eighth place, and I am normally I would tell you, you bring them up as a title team, I think would be insane. I absolutely think that they could win it and might even be the favorite, which makes people's blood in Denver boil because they're the best team by a mile right now. But I can't rule that out. And then there's, of course, Phoenix as well. A few minutes left here with Brian Windhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who do you like in the East? Who do you like there? Yeah, it's a grinder, and it's almost – someone in my job, Rich, mm-hmm. um, I'm almost more like who's going to be disappointed because between Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston, all three of those teams in a lot of years in the last decade in the Eastern Conference would have walked to the final. I mean, a couple of those Le- LeBron Cavs teams that he got to the playoffs, now a couple of them were really good, but a couple of them that made the, made the finals – um, would have been buzzsawed by one of these top three teams. And one of them's going home in the second round. It's a mathematical guarantee. And, you know, in, in Milwaukee, you've got Chris Middleton can be a free agent, Brooke Lopez can be a free agent, and Giannis has an extension option in his contract in the fall. Um, in, in, uh, in Philly, James Harden is headed to unrestricted free agency. So, like, somebody's going to be sent home in the second round with a lot of questions, and that's what I'm – looking at like oh my gosh this mm. east race is going to make somebody really upset because these teams are all spending and they're all you know they can all win it so you know look boston has been the number one team from front to back and i certainly can't deny that they are much deeper than they were a year ago when they went to the finals um but milwaukee has barely been whole 
and is sitting there in second place and has won 12 games in a row. And I think when they're, when everybody's fully healthy and at full power, I think Milwaukee is the best team. I actually believe that last year. If Chris Middleton hadn't gotten hurt, I think the Bucks would have won their second straight title. But Chris Middleton did get hurt. And Giannis has dealt with several injuries this year. And so, you know, and Joel Embiid has gotten hurt routinely in the postseason. Um, so, I think health, unfortunately, is going to play a huge role in who ends up winning it. Well, I mean, and I, I, I can't believe it. It looks like a misprint. The Nets being 10 games over 500 after everything this year with Kyrie and his Amazon video tweet and his suspension. And then we all know now he's on the Mavericks. Durant getting hurt. You know, Simmons uh, hardly really doing very much with the exception of like a two-week burst uh, during, you know, the fall uh, is Jacques Vaughn getting like any outside dark horse coach of the year um, conversation? I mean, that's unbelievable, Brian. He's not getting that, but he's getting a lot of people's sympathy. Ah, <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, it helps when you go on a when you go on a streak where you go eighteen and two. Yeah, that helps your overall record. Uh, they went eighteen and two when Kyrie and Durant were healthy and engaged, and that was why people thought they had a real chance. I, I was one of them. And I, I thought it was going to be questionable whether they could win three playoff rounds with Ben Simmons and um, Nick Claxton, both of whom can't go to the free throw line. But um, that you know they had a really good team, and it was one of the reasons why they held on, Rich, for so long with so many you know d- drama that hit because they were trying to just give themselves one honest chance, and they weren't even able to do that. Um, but they do have a very stocked roster. And while people here in Phoenix still, you know, are very excited about picking up Kevin Durant, there's still melon, there's still a tinge of melancholy because they gave up Mikhail Bridges, who was one of the most beloved Suns players of the mm. modern era. And Bridges, you're going to see when he's not, you know, yielding to uh, Booker and Chris Paul, which he should have. That's not saying he shouldn't have. He's really talented. So they have a really talented team, but I think they've got a really talented team that's going to finish fifth or sixth for the next few years. Right. Um, Because they gave away their elite talent. But, um, you know, they're they're a somewhat interesting team, but they're they're really a story of missed opportunity. And two more for you. The Hawks go where with their coach now? Is it Quinn Snyder? Is it going to be him? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a general manager at at a press conference where he announced a firing where he openly said who they wanted to hire. (laughs) Landry Field to... No, the Hawks, I should point out, have, have fired their general manager. I mean, I guess he resigned, Travis Schlank, and coach mid-year. Never good. That's, I've been around covering the NBA for 20 years. That's my knowledge, Rich. I can impart to you this great wisdom. It's never good when you move on from your GM and coach in the middle of the season. But Landry Fields comes out at the press conference announcing they fired Nate McMillan and says, yeah, Quinn Snyder is the guy we want. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's kind of like uh, LeBron's... Um, uh, open recruiting of Kyrie Irving over the over the uh, All Star weekend. The only thing LeBron didn't say was, "Boy, Kyrie, I, I love the way you're wearing your hair these days." It was just short of that, and that's essentially what the Hawks did. They were just like, you know, yeah, we're trying to get a jump, and we'd love to have Quinn Snyder. The thing about Quinn Snyder is that just about every job opening is going to happen, and there, you know, there's almost certainly going to be a handful more is going to want Quinn Snyder, and Quinn Snyder might want to see. What happens with the draft lottery? Because Victor Wembanyama, who's coming over from France, mm. is one of the most intriguing, if not the most intriguing, draft prospect in 20 years. And I'm not saying that that's where Quinn would go, but I'd, you know, if I had four or five options, I'd like to see everything play out. So I'm sure the Hawks, 
Well, I say I'm sure. It's really come out of Anthony, of uh, Landry Field's mouth. They, he'd like, they'd like to hire Quinn Snyder this afternoon. But um, Quinn Snyder is going to probably wait and see how everything plays out. He is the most desired coach on the market. Uh, and then the last one for you with a 20-some-odd game um, sprint to the end of the season. Have, have, have we now departed the uh, injury management f- stars that were injured a year and a half ago or injury management uh, and they're sitting on back-to-back games portion of the season? Or we're going to still see that? No. No. I mean, we'll definitely continue to see load management. And in some cases... I think it makes sense. There's some teams that probably should prepare for the postseason, but um, there's some teams that cannot afford even one one loss. So, so like like the, the, the Lakers cannot afford to give away one game if they're going to accomplish this. So, I would say that unless LeBron is really or AD is really banged up, you're not going to see load management. But if you're the Denver Nuggets and you're protecting Jamal Murray, your, your point guard who's just now playing well coming off a torn ACL, and you got a five-game lead in the West, I could see you holding him out of some games. So it's going to depend team to team, but this is the load management era, and um, it's a complicated issue, and it's, it hurts the NBA on a regular basis. And it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, all right. Thanks again, Brian. Let's uh, let's do this more often. I greatly appreciate it all the time. Thank you, sir. You're the best. Thanks, Rich. Take care. The absolute best. Nobody better than Brian Windhorst back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Love that guy. Just makes me smarter every time. And I just love the way he just is not a single sacred cow. He just tells you exactly the way it is. Every time. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take your phone calls. Still to come, Tom Izzo of Michigan State. We'll kind of rehash a little bit of what Wendy just gave us. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We're going to take your calls in a matter of moments. Uh, Tom Izzo calling in shortly. Brian Windhorst with a lot of food for thought. 
He said that the reconstituted Lakers, the new look Lakers, as I put in air quotes, much to O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s chagrin yesterday, when I talked about the new look Lakers with Mo Bamba in that list too. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, Mo W's maybe for the Lakers, right? No. (laughs) D'Angelo Russell, who was the first one that Magic sent packing. Now he's back. Much more mature. Called it a top six playoff roster in the West. And tonight, in the downtown Hoops Dojo. Who and you? In crypto. (laughs) They take on the Warriors, who he said, Winhorst, if all healthy, best five starting on the floor in the playoffs. And that the fact that they have been so horrendous on the road. When I say horrendous, Chris, would you please just look up the uh, record the Warriors have posted? I was looking at the Lakers. Away from the Chase Center this year. When I say horrendous, it is stunning how bad they are on the road. He said that, don't forget, this is the team that's won a single has run at least one road playoff game in 27 straight playoff series. So don't look at what their road record is this year. Seven and 22. Don't worry, Chris, our producer who's there doing more things than you. The 22 was and able seven to look that at one up. Seven and it's seven and 22, seven, 22 on, the with road. on the road. That's really bad. So which one would you, which one would you put your, um, you put your marker on right now to make a longer run in the playoffs. The Lakers or the Warriors? Yes, sir. The Warriors. I mean, the Warriors. The team that won the I, title last like, year? It's kind of like the Tom Brady thing, right? I don't <laughs> think you can really count them out. Put up the uh, Western Conference standings, if you don't mind, Mr. Hoskins, one more time. There they are at 13th. Lakers. The Lakers, 27-32. and 32. However, as Darvin Ham said, he could they, could they could climb all the way up to six because they are just... Three and a half games behind the Mavericks. Yeah, it is pretty close. Or sixth. Three and a half games separate six and 13. Let's go even further. Four and a half games separate 13 and five. And five full games separate four and 13 in the West. You can make up ground fast. The Warriors are currently sitting there at nine. How about Warriors Thunder? For the right to go on the road and win a winner go home playoff game against playing tournament game against the winner of the Pelicans and Timberwolves. I think you'd sign for that right now, right? Thing is, too, guys, is we're gonna find out real quick if the Lakers team is gonna hang around because their next seven games are all against teams ahead of them in the standings. Golden State, Dallas, Memphis twice. Go oh, sorry, Golden State twice, Memphis twice. Dallas, OKC, and Minnesota. There it is, man. And don't forget the two remaining games against the Chicago Bulls and the revenge-minded Patrick Beverly, who went on his podcast and said his main goal is to eliminate the Lakers from the playoffs. I hope he's successful with this particular endeavor. <laughs> I know. And this to be quite honest action. with you, I, I hope he achieves once, his goals. Once a clipper, always a clipper <laughs> for Pat Beth. Well, more like the enemy of my enemy is <laughs> no, also my friend. Is that no. how that goes? So, yeah. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what I mean, that he... Yeah. He's once a Clipper, always a Clipper, trying to beat the Lakers. So I got no problem with that. (laughs)
<laughs> so I would take the Warriors too, but yeah, you do yeah. look at the Lakers now, and it's just like a totally different feel than the first six weeks of the season. And hearing Windhorse say LeBron pedal to the metal, LeBron. Let's go then. But pedal to the metal on a guy who's battling through injuries. Who knows? With him? He's he's sat out games recently because of his sore foot. Well, I mean, and, and to, to rest up for the pedal to the metal final 23 yeah. games of the season. Kind of like what I was telling you, Rich, about Kawhi. Him doing all those, sitting out hey. all those games. I want Kawhi healthy now. I need him healthy in November and December. Well, will they sit him out on the back end of a back-to-back? When, More than likely, the well, playoffs no, are But here. you take a look at those standings again. You can't, even if, he said the Lakers can't afford to lose a single can't game. Afford. The Clippers, so you would rather... Have to go on the road to the Suns? You'd rather have to go on the road to the Mavericks? No, definitely not. Look, if I'm you not drop two games, him. you're in the play-in if you're the Clippers. Damn straight. Look, I want to see him play every game, but I, I just don't believe that's a possibility. Well, it is a possibility. He looks pretty damn healthy to me. But that's what I'm saying. So, and Westbrook in the starting lineup is a possibility right now. PG and him back together. Don't forget... PG once stayed in Oklahoma City to play with Westbrook rather than team up with LeBron. Interesting. Tom Izzo coming up. Clippers have four back-to-backs the rest of the way. That's significant. I mean, that's four back-to-backs. So that's eight of their final 23 are are back-to-back games. So he'll miss four games? Maybe. I mean, the back end of those games is at Sacramento on March 3rd. The team that they play tomorrow night right in front of them in the standings. We can't afford to lose that That's a back-to-back. At Portland is a back-to-back. At New Orleans is a back-to-back. And then the last day of the season at Phoenix is a back-to-back. I also liked your question to Wendy Rich about the Westbrook thing, like if it doesn't work out. Well, if it doesn't work out, exactly. You sit him, you cut him. You keep yeah. it moving. But I again, I just, I don't know, man. That, there's talent with that guy, right? He's what if the story talented. turns into Russell Westbrook shows up for the Clippers, refines his point guard scoring, disseminating self, and, you know, and leads the Clippers to a championship with Paul George, not in Oklahoma City, but in Los Angeles where the Lakers wanted Paul George, and he said, no, nah, I'll stay with Russell for the moment before Kawhi said, how about you join me in Los Angeles for the Clippers, all three of them are together. You finally get your parade beating everybody with the guy that the Lakers had and basically handed to you. How's that for a storyline? Well, Shea, come to the parade with me, you think? <laughs> Tom Izzo coming up, <laughs> hour number two. from. Mr. 